The following sermon was delivered by Associate Pastor Werner Ramirez during morning worship at Fifth Avenue Presbyterian Church in New York City. We welcome you to worship with our vibrant community of faith every Sunday on the corner of Fifth Avenue and 55th Street in the heart of Midtown Manhattan. And now, here is Reverend Ramirez. A reading from Romans chapter 8. So then, brothers and sisters, we are not debtors to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption when we cry, Abba, Father. It is that very Spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If in fact we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory about to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the children of God. And for the creation was subject to futility, not of its own will, but by the one who subjected it and hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and will obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly while we wait for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. For in hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what is seen? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait with it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought. But the very Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. This is the word of God for you, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Songs from the musical Hamilton have been stuck in my head for the past two weeks. Seriously, it's been non-stop. I think even our dog knows the lyrics now. Now, for those of you who are not aware, a musical based on the life of Alexander Hamilton has been the hottest ticket on Broadway since its debut in 2015. And now a video recording with its original cast was released to live stream earlier this month. And my wife and I have watched it twice since it began streaming, and we occasionally have it on in the background while we are working. The whole first act centers around the American Revolution and finding independence, finding freedom from the British monarchy. There's a beautiful song where Alexander and his friends hope that they will have freedom in the future. They sing, raise a glass to freedom, something that can never be taken away. It's quite a brilliant scene that sets up the revolution that would happen next. Now, this isn't really a spoiler because we know how history goes. Still, eventually the war is won and America is free. They find freedom. Yet we know also from history that not everybody had found freedom. Slaves were not free, Native Americans did not have freedom, and women did not have equal rights. Some men were free, but not everybody. Which makes me wonder, what is freedom? This brings me to the book of Romans. There is a considerable chunk in Romans in which Paul dedicates to making a case for freedom through Jesus Christ. The passage we read today comes towards the tail end of it, 
And Paul is claiming that through Jesus' love for us, through God's mercy and grace, through what Jesus did by dying on a cross and resurrecting from the dead, that we have freedom from condemnation, sin, and death. And here in Romans 8, Paul tells us what we must do with that freedom. We must live by the Spirit, to live and be guided by the breath of Christ. Now, I'm going to admit something to you all. Sometimes before a sermon, I take the text or a theme and I present it to our youth group so that I can outsource some creative ideas. It's actually quite a brilliant tactic for sermon prepping because youth are some of the best theologians I know. Now, we had a conversation about freedom a couple of weeks ago. We talked about freedom in Jesus means living by the Spirit and not of the flesh. And I'm going to paraphrase slash interpret what one of our graduating seniors said. He said, that makes total sense. Yes, we can do whatever we want, but if we use our freedom to be selfish, then we are not really free. We're held captive by our own desires and selfishness, but real freedom looks out for others. At that moment, I knew he had written my sermon. Our conversation continued as we listened to a song from a Christian ska band from the 90s, a band named Five Iron Frenzy. Now, I didn't know if they would enjoy a ska band, but I'm proud to report that one of them said, I can vibe to this. So we listened to a song called Anthem, and the last few lines of the song are a good commentary on this passage. So let me say what freedom means to me. It cannot mean to serve ourselves. That doesn't mean a thing. It doesn't mean to give the license to seek ourselves in anything. That would be slavery to ourselves. It isn't free. Jesus Christ, the only thing that freedom means to me. When we think of freedom being an outlet to love God and love our neighbor better, it energizes us. It gives us hope for the future. And it keeps us more in tune with God, with the divine. Because living in the Spirit is something we do not do by ourselves. But it is done in community with God's people and with the Spirit of God. She guides us, infiltrating our hearts with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Our freedom is used to love others instead of making ourselves the prime character. We see from our passage today that this freedom through Jesus makes us heirs of God as we have become children of God. Now, I need you to know how subversive and revolutionary it was to be called children of God and having pictures of God as our father or parent. In the Roman Empire, Augustus declared himself a god. And later, Julius claimed to be the son of God. It was a title for those in royalty, for those in power, for those with privilege. And ordinary folk cannot be children of God. For ordinary people to see themselves as children of God alongside Jesus, the actual Son of God, that was audacious and preposterous. Yet audacious and preposterous is what we get. It is precisely what this passage declares that through Jesus, we are beloved children of God. And freedom in Jesus, living by the Spirit, connects us to our Heavenly Parent in such a beautiful and intimate way. In verse 18, we see that Paul affirms the suffering that the Christians in that time were facing and that presents them with hope for the road ahead. And I want to do something similar. 
I want to acknowledge the present suffering that is in the midst of you all. God sees your pains and groans, and the divine mourns with you. We know that many of you hurt from the loss of loved ones, finances, relationships, significant events like weddings. It's tough. And as the racial justice movement continues, I hear from my black siblings that although good work is being done, that they are tired. There, there is emotional and physical hurt. Watching continuous acts of hate and violence against their black siblings is agonizing. All of that pain, all of that hurt, God feels that too. Yet, like I said, there is an intimate relationship between God and us as the Spirit intercedes for us. And I find so much comfort in verse 26. The Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought, but that the very Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. That means that in hurt and in our pain, when we are in our beds crying, when all we can do is give out a sigh, the Spirit sees that and hears it as prayer. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. After acknowledging the present-day suffering, Paul gives out some hope for the people. He reminds them that in future glory, especially as children of God, we will partake in God's glory. There is hope and good things to look forward to. And as I read this, I actually believe that this is true for us today. Some people read this passage and believe that Paul is merely talking about heaven and the future glory of after we die. Yet I also believe that there is hope for a better future in our life as well. I have to hope that the movement for racial justice will create actual change so that people are safe. I have hope that in time we will be able to gather again. I hold on to that hope while still knowing and acknowledging the real suffering that is happening right now. In fact, Paul calls the groans and the sufferings of our world as labor pains. Now, I have something else to confess to you. I am as knowledgeable about labor pains as Paul is. We both know nothing. <laughs> so as I prepared, as I asked myself, what on earth do I say about labor pains? I panicked a little bit, and I did what I always do when I panic. I called my mom. Hi, mom. I need you to tell me everything you know about labor pains. Now, after some confusion, I explained to her that no, April is not pregnant. There is no quarantine baby over here, but rather I was doing some research for my sermon. I asked her how long she was in pain for when she had me. Oh, I was in pain for about three hours, Michal. You came out real fast. And since I'm a little bit competitive, I asked about my sister, Marta. Oh no, your sister, she took all day long. Well, how did you feel when you were in pain? Well, I knew that the pain wasn't going to last forever, and I couldn't wait to meet you after it was all done. Mom, now you're just preaching my sermon. Seriously, though, I do not know anything about the pain. What did you feel? Oh, they hurt. I wasn't on any pain medication, and it hurt really bad. I just wanted it to stop. I wanted the pain to go away. Mom, did you have any help? Yeah your dad. What did he do? He was simply there, and he held my hand. Cool. Thanks, Mom. I love you. Thank you for bringing me into the world, and I will talk to you later.
Believe it or not, that small conversation with my mom helped me understand this passage better. My mom mentioned that the pain wasn't going to last forever, that eventually I would be born. There was going to be something new coming. And I think this passage has a lot to say about validating our painful experiences, but also presenting us with hope. And hope is a good thing. I have two favorite movies of all time, and one of them is The Shawshank Redemption. In the film, the main character, Andy Dufresne, a convicted felon, is in prison, and he plays a prank, more or less. He manages to play some music over the loudspeakers while the guard, well, let's just say he wasn't around. And the sound of the music brings all the prisoners to a stop, and they simply enjoy the beauty of the music. Andy gets two weeks in the hole as punishment for his stunt, and once he is out, he joins his friends in the cafeteria, and they talk about the beauty of music and how music makes him not forget. Another prisoner asks him, what do you mean not forget? And he says, to not forget that there are places in the world that are not made of stone. There's something inside they can't get to. They can't touch. It's yours. He's talking about hope. Friends, through the freedom we have in Jesus, we have hope. It's something inside of us that can't be touched. It's yours. It's ours. And even when all hope feels lost, know that the Spirit sees and hears that. So friends, have hope. Have hope in the God who calls you God's own children. Have hope in the God who gives you true freedom. Hear this benediction that was written with the children of our friends at Bryn Mawr Presbyterian Church. Have hope, because God will always be with you, no matter which way you are going, at school, at work, at home, at play, God is with you. Night and day when you connect with friends and when you are alone, God is with you. When you are afraid, have faith, because God is with you. Now go from this place and remember that God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is with you and cares for you now and always. Amen.